Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. And if you've been tuning into our podcast for a while, we're excited because today is our 100th episode. So thank you for continuing to listen and for the words of encouragement and support that you've sent to us. We're going to be diving into a topic that I'm excited about. It's building a Christ-centered small group. So whether you're a mom looking to mentor a group of younger girls or you lead a women's Bible study or you're a young woman who just wants to gather other like-minded young women together, or even if you're simply participating in a Bible study or small group, we're going to be looking at ways to really keep the focus centered around Christ. Because I know for me, I've participated in various groups that claim to be focused on Christ, but really got off track pretty easily. But I always think back to a really positive experience that I had with a small group in my late teen years. It was a small group that was part of our local church ministry. And I had recently given my life to Christ in a very serious way and then started going to this weekly Bible study gathering with my family. And it was just a a fellowship group made up of, of various people from our local church body, but it quickly became one of the highlights of my spiritual walk. Every week, I seemed to come away just feeling uplifted, edified, and challenged spiritually. I'd been a part of other Bible study groups in my younger years where Christians would sit around the living room and maybe politely talk about observations from whatever book they happen to be going through and just kind of in a detached way without really a lot of passion. But this particular home fellowship group was very different. Every person there seemed to have a contagious spiritual fire. They were really passionate about knowing Christ and making him known. I remember observing how they worshipped. It was just simple, well-known hymns or choruses on the piano or or the guitar, nothing really flashy, but they really worshipped. They were raising their hands, kneeling, some just closing their eyes, and really genuinely offering praise to Jesus Christ. And when the leader spoke on revival or things like personal holiness or confession of sin, the people in this group responded by having a two or three hour time of prayer, confession, and repentance. When we read from the Bible or shared something that God was doing in our lives, there was not a detached or dry approach. Everyone there was truly enthusiastic about the things of God and reverent towards his word. I remember missionaries coming and speaking about miracles that God had done for them on the mission field. Family would share about God's faithfulness in their homes. Other people would talk about souls that they had been praying for, that had been won for Christ, and how they were sharing their faith in their workplaces. And the entire group diligently wrestled in prayer for each person's need and encouraged those who were struggling with things. Now, of course, this group of believers was not perfect. Everyone was still a work in progress, maturing in their walk with Christ. But even despite the imperfections and challenges, there was such a unified desire In that group, more and more of Jesus Christ, that was the focus. As a young Christian, being a part of that group made a life-changing impact upon my walk with Christ. It's been well over 25 years now, but I can still vividly recall those powerful times of worship, the passionate prayers that were offered by my fellow believers in that group, the faithful testimonies that I heard, and the convicting but encouraging words of truth that were spoken during those weekly meetings. And over the past 25 years since being involved in that home fellowship group, I've come to recognize how rare that kind of gathering is in our modern Christian world. 
Small groups, whether they're youth groups, women's groups, Bible study groups, or other variations, are plentiful. They're all over the place. They're in every church, it seems. But faith-filled, Christ-centered, spiritually passionate gatherings of groups that change lives the way that home group changed mine are really not very easy to find. So whenever I'm asked for advice on how to build a truly Christ-centered ministry or small group or Bible study, I always think back to those unforgettable fellowship times in that cozy living room all those years ago. And I've asked myself what caused that group to thrive with such passion and spiritual fire while so many other Christian groups I've encountered through the years have seemed more just mediocre or shallow. As I pondered that question, I've landed on a specific set of biblical principles that I think need to be present in order for any kind of Christian gathering, whether it's a women's Bible study or a church youth group, to remain centered on Christ and spiritually ignited. Whether you're leading a ministry currently or you like to start a small group or you're just participating in a Christian small group or Bible study, I hope that these principles will encourage you and give you a clear vision for what is possible when two or three believers are gathered in his name, as it says in Matthew 18. So let, let's look at the first two qualities of a Christ-centered small group. And the first one is that it must be truth-based. Now, this may seem pretty obvious. After all, here we are in a Christian small group. But over the years, I've been saddened and surprised at how often I've observed small groups or Bible studies that don't really reverence the truth of God's word. I've been closely involved with the Christian publishing industry over the past 20 years, and I've come to realize that a lot of modern books and Bible studies are based more on trendy pop culture ideas and human thoughts rather than the unchanging Word of God. I've written different articles on our website if you'd like to learn more about this. But the bottom line is this. If the teaching or study in a small group is built upon anything less than the solid rock of truth, it will become at best nothing more than maybe a spiritualized social gathering or at worst, a breeding ground for deception and compromise. And I know a lot of young Christians who've been led astray because of wrong teaching that they received in a Christian small group or Bible study. So if you are leading a Bible study or any other kind of teaching-oriented ministry, be diligently watchful over any outside material that you choose to use. Remember that just because a book or a study is popular in the Christian world does not mean that it is Christ-centered or truth-based. When you're considering presenting other people's material to your group, learn to weigh those messages against the Word of God. Before you just nod along with other Christians' ideas, stop and ask yourself some key questions. Does this message agree with the truth of Scripture, not just on some points, but in its entirety? Do these thoughts and ideas align with God's nature and His character? If you're unsure, take time to seek the answers in God's Word before you promote it within your group. Remember, he has promised that those who seek his wisdom diligently will find it. And when in doubt, simply focusing on scripture as well as classic Christian books is always a safe road to choose. I know a lot of group leaders get nervous about that, thinking, well, I don't really know how to lead someone through a book unless I have a study guide, or I don't know how to lead them through just scripture. But I remember the small group that I attended all those years ago, we very rarely had a Bible study guide that we were working through. Most of the time, we were simply working through a book of the Bible and really asking God to bring his his light to shine on the truth that we were reading. And it was extremely powerful. So don't be afraid to just simply use scripture as your guide. 
If you're participating in a group or a Bible study, be sure that you're cultivating a personal reverence and study of God's word so that you'll be able to more quickly discern if something erroneous is ever presented or taught. Early in my Christian walk, this is just one example, I heard a lot of good sounding messages about the importance of building up my own self-esteem. I remember youth group leaders and other small group leaders telling me that if I wanted to be free from insecurity, I should focus on my own inner beauty and goodness and try to protect my sense of self. Now these ideas sounded very healthy and wise and I didn't even question them, but it wasn't until a few years later when I started really digging into the word of God and immersing myself in scripture that I began to realize this popular notion of self-esteem and self-focus was actually in conflict with Christ's message of self-denial. If you're ignorant of God's word, you'll be much more prone to being deceived by the trickery of men, as it says in Ephesians. But when God's word is your lamp and your light, you will be much quicker to recognize and renounce ideas that do not align with his pattern. When I look back to the fellowship group that impacted me so much all those years ago, I'm struck by the strong emphasis that there was on truth. Everyone esteemed the word of God. The leader of the group focused most of the teaching around rich portions of scripture and maybe some excerpts from the Christian classics. There was built-in protection against error creeping in because the Bible was cherished and respected far above cultural trends or human wisdom and ideas. For a Christian group of any kind to thrive, we can't treat the Bible as moldable to human opinions and ideas. We need to find out what God says and then build our lives and our small group on that unshakable foundation. The second principle is that it must be built on prayer. For a small group to truly be Christ-centered and effective, it needs to be centered around prayer. I remember Leonard Ravenhill once saying in one of his messages that he didn't really know a man until he had prayed with him. Likewise, there's nothing that will cultivate a spiritual like-mindedness among a group of Christians like praying together. Prayer accomplishes things that human words never will. Prayer softens hearts and prepares souls for truth. Prayer replaces misunderstanding and discord with brotherly love and unity. True prayer brings spiritual fire to a group of believers who might otherwise be just passive. So don't just talk about praying. Really pray together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether you're a mom leading a Bible study for teen girls or a leader over a group of seasoned Christians, be sure to facilitate corporate prayer when you gather together. Not only that, but lay a foundation ahead of time by praying diligently during the week for every person that you'll be ministering to. If you're a participant in a church or a Bible study, don't forget to spend time personally praying for the others in your group, especially your leaders. It's important to realize that people who step out in any kind of ministry, especially teaching and discipling others, often face spiritual attack and battles with discouragement. So even if you're not the one leading the small group, your prayers can make a direct impact on those who are leading, helping to strengthen them spiritually for the important work that God has called them to do. I believe that one of the key reasons that my past fellowship group was so effective and so life-giving is because we spent so much time praying for each other, both corporately and individually. One of my favorite quotes from Corey Ten Boom says, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? The answer to that question can determine success or failure for both your personal life and your small group. 
Now, in the next episode, we'll look at two more principles for building a Christ-centered small group. But here are some final thoughts that I want to leave you with. If you want to build a Christ-centered small group, start by building a Christ-centered daily life. All too many Christians who desire to be in ministry lose sight of the reason for doing it in the first place. It becomes all about recognition or a sense of purpose rather than all about Jesus Christ. Make your daily life all about Jesus Christ and your group then, whether it's small or big, will naturally reflect him. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. To go deeper into this topic or just learn more about what it means to build a Christ-centered life, please visit us at setapartgirl.com. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.